Hello, hello, Dalton here. Thank you for tuning in to my next episode of A Matter of Perception. I got to get real with you guys for a bit, and then, um, so bear with me during this intro, and then we'll get right to my amazing guest, Jim Daly. First, I just want to mention the fact that uh, I, I am aware that I haven't posted an episode in quite a long time. It's been a few months. COVID and this year, 2020, has really been tough for me, um, and, and I hope that no one can relate out there, but um, you know, unfortunately, I think some of you guys can. This was uh, this is a tough year for me, guys. So far, uh, I really I went through I went through a really severe bout of depression. It started pretty much last December of 2019, and then it led into January. All of a sudden, COVID started sweeping across the world, and people started getting really divisive on politics and, and, and the COVID itself. And that became a political thing. And, and, uh, more so than all of that, I just started having some serious things that happened in my personal life. A lot of things that I couldn't control, some things that I could, and it's taken me a long time to come to terms with the things that I could control, the mistakes that I made. And it's also taken me a long time to understand that the things that I can't control, I need to let go of the stress for them. They'll work themselves out or they won't. But either way, what is important is my happiness, my peace, and the peace of those around me that I love and adore, like my family and my friends. So it, it, it's it's tough to talk about depression. I, I understand. And um, I'm feeling pretty raw here for a second. But um, it just became this vicious cycle with this podcast because I wasn't editing. I wasn't sitting down and doing what I wanted to do. I wanted to get music, which, hey, I have music. You'll hear it <laughs> a couple times in this episode. And I just want to give a shout out regarding the music to the guy whose music I'm using. I actually ran into him at Ronald Reagan Park while I was out for a stroll one day. He was out there making some beats. We struck up a quick conversation. I grabbed his Instagram and listened to his music and uh, ended up really liking it. And I, just, I decided I'd use it for my podcast. His, uh, you can find him on Instagram. It's I hate you too, Johnny. That's J-O-N-N-Y, and he's also on Bandcamp.com, and uh, you can find him by searching for The Leeks, uh, L-E-E-K-S, as in the uh, vegetables, so theleeks.bandcamp.com. Thank you, Johnny. Appreciate it, man. Your music's awesome. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Um, I, I, I wasn't putting in the effort, and I was beating myself up internally for not putting in that effort, which was taking away my energy and killing my motivation to put in the effort. It's, uh, it's really, it's, it's, it really sucked. And I just got to say that about a week ago, I started to feel better and I've been taking the steps and making the strides and with my mental health and doing everything that I think could help me and trying different things. A lot of things failed, but I've finally found some things that have helped. And one thing was starting a different podcast as well. I, uh, I'm going to have a new podcast coming out with my friend, Charlie Rhodes, uh, coming out in the next month. I'm not going to talk, talk too much about it because this is a matter of perception. It's not that one, but getting with Charles and talking about movies, it's going to be a, a podcast all about movies. We're going to talk about our top tens, um, our favorites of like childhood favorites, uh, male actors, female actors, horror movies, so on and so forth. And uh, just sitting down with Charles and getting back to work and working on something and having fun, it really helped. It wasn't the sole thing, but it definitely helped. It reminded me that I can do this and that I, I, I am worthy of talking about things. I, I, I'm, it just reminded me that I'm worthy in general 
And I think that that was the biggest thing for me in depression is that I wasn't feeling worthy, worthy of jack shit. And that's different now. I feel worthy, you know, and uh, it, it's um, it's a new feeling and I appreciate it. I actually enjoy food now. I actually want to go out and walk. I uh, appreciate other living things. That includes animals and human beings. And I appreciate myself. And man, that's something that I haven't felt for like nine months. So I just wanted to say that that's the reason why I haven't put out episodes. New episodes will start coming out here. And it's not going to be like all like every week for now, but I, I'm getting to it. I have guests lined up coming over the next couple months. So I'm really excited. I'm not going to just sit on them this, this time. I'm actually going to edit them, get them out. But at the same time, don't hold me to it because who knows, this depression might come right back up. But for the love of God, I hope that it doesn't. And I'm trying every single day to stay positive and stay happy. And I hope you are too. And last thing I'll say on that is that if any of you are having issues, with depression, dealing with uh, such a year as this, and maybe you've been dealing with it for even longer than this, then I just want you to know that you can reach out to me and we can talk about it. I'm not going to preach to you. I'm not going to give you advice. I'll just listen if that's what you need. If you want advice, I'll, I'll try <laughs> and uh, I'll try to tell you what worked for me. But I think everybody's on their own journey and I'm on this journey and I'm just trying to love and appreciate and adore other people and uh, love and appreciate and adore myself. And well, speaking of adoration, uh, let me talk about my guests. That's Jim Daly. Jim and I met at a, a movie night uh, back with uh, my previous guest, Kurt Miller. He, uh, he and his lovely wife, Eileen, they uh, host a movie night back in the day before COVID uh, once a month, and we'd all get together. And I met Jim at one of those, and we became instant bros. We became instant friends. I love this man. Uh, this year, he's been such a delight to get to know more. He's put on uh, he's hosted or he, he's he's been the 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 main guy to uh, work on getting groups together to go uh, see movies at the Sandy Springs Cinema down the road. It, we were socially distanced, of course, with face masks and we all sat in different rows. But we got to see a couple of awesome movies, at least the ones that I got to go to, um, like Airplane and um, Robin Hood Mid and Tights. So uh, truly thankful for Jim. He and I, we sat down and we had this uh, discussion way back in, I want to say February. So it was before the world kind of went to shit. It was on its way. So let me just take you back to a simpler time back before uh, all this when we were all a little more hopeful and, uh, and then a little more gleeful. And hopefully those times are ahead of us and very soon. So let's get started. Yeah. Yeah, and I fought my depression. Now I just keep it all cool, calm, and collected. I just started relaxing and I stopped all the stressing. Now I keep it cool, calm, and collected. Sometimes it feels like nowhere is where I'm headed. Still keep it cool, calm, and collected. But if you're talking Hi, Jim. Thank you for being here. Dalton! <laughs> really excited, man. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, we tried to make this happen, and then you had you got sick. I got and the flu. I, yeah. I got the worst flu that they ever had. I mean, like. It's rough this year. It is. Yeah, I just had it last week. It was not fun. My body, I've never had my body ache that much. And, I, right. I've, and I've worked out before, right. you know, so <laughs> um, so uh, how, how have you been? I'm Catch good. me up on, on, on everything that's going on with you. Uh, catch up. Uh, uh, so I'm well now. I'm not sick good. anymore. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just got back from New Orleans a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, doing um, a little bit of traveling. Yeah. 
uh, taking classes at Dad's Garage, doing some improv stuff. All um, right, let's start there. All right, cool. So you did uh, level one at Dad's Garage? Yeah, I just completed it. Yeah, um, and I, I've done uh, a few classes of level one myself. I didn't get to finish the whole class because I, I had scheduling conflicts with another show that I was in. It was unfortunate, but the classes that I did go to, I loved. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we both had the same teacher we yeah, found out, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, it, it, who's amazing. So tell me about your experience. You know what? Let's let's back that up. Um, okay, yeah, what, yeah. Have you done improv before? No, no. This is the first time doing improv. Wow. Yeah. What, what made you want to well, start doing that? So so I'm an actor. I've been an actor mm-hmm. in the Atlanta community for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I guess it's part of my development. Uh, I wanted to, to kind of bring some new skills to the yeah. table. Um, I, I didn't think that my brain functioned in a way that I could actually do improv. <laughs> Most people don't. <laughs> They're afraid of, of being on, put on the spot and having to yeah. come up with something. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I, I talk to a lot of my friends and I, I have no problems like riffing and having a good time talking and making people laugh whenever I have normal conversations. But then you kind of feel a little stressed out whenever you get up on stage and you're like, all right, now be funny. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and that pressure is is what like when you allow that pressure to get to you, which is understandable that it does. Yeah. But when you allow it to, it, it can it really hinders your improbability because um, you get in your head. Yeah. yeah. And, and and so when you finally find that 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 when you get in that zone where your mind is just free and you would just allow yourself to be and you're listening to your scene partner or partners and you just say what comes to you, you right. find a lot out about yourself and right. your type of humor. And it, and that's beautiful improv right there. Yeah. The improv that's hard to watch is when it's forced yeah. and, and you can tell that the person feels the pressure to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so did you, did you have experience with that? Did you ever get into that zone where it, you were just firing on all cylinders? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, one of the great things about working with Ricky and working at the folks with dad at dads, uh, we had a, a teaching assistant, Anna involved with it, uh, with this particular class as well. They were both fantastic. Uh, they, they worked with us a lot about not being in our head so much, just letting, just letting it flow. Uh, saying the first thing that comes to your mind, uh, whether it makes sense or not, you mm-hmm. know, don't be afraid to fail because a lot of the funny comes from the failure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, just finishing up level one last week, uh, starting level two next week, uh, looking forward to really stretching those muscles. Uh, I thought that, that doing this would definitely help my marketability as a, as a, as an actor. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. like I said, just bringing some new stuff to the table. Um, I- the biggest thing that I've gotten from improv is the ability to listen to my scene partner. Yes. Um, not outside of improv as well, like in an actual scene or a, in a play or whatever. Yes. On a TV show, something like that. If you're not listening, then you're not present in the moment and you're just delivering your lines. And then it's just it, it's very stale. And, you're not and engaging. It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the biggest thing. I think that's why most actors should take improv because it sharpens their listening skills. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the added extra added benefits of being able to think on your feet quickly. And you can – it helps, too, especially when you're in, in a scene with someone. I've found on – like, I'm on stage and someone skips a line. Goes but up not just, lines. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they don't just skip one line. They maybe skip – like, they jump to, like, the next page. Yeah. And that's where improv, if, if you have that ability or have some training there – some people just have the raw talent and, and they know the show and the scene well enough that they can guide pull back it off. to where you need to go. Yeah. yeah. So where my improbability has, has really helped is when, um, like for instance, this time last year I was in a show where it was just me and one other girl and for 90 Those minutes. Those are tough. Yeah. And we had 11 days to memorize a 90 minute script. It, the, the actors before got fired and they brought us in and I was going to say, that's a short run. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I had, I know I had to like explain myself why, um, it was like that. Um, 
And so our first time being off book, like, well, we were off book, but the first time not calling for line was opening night. Like, even oh, even in, in um, preview night, the Friday, we opened on a Saturday for that Friday night, we even had to call for a line a couple of times. Oh, dang, man. So then we go on Saturday and it's like, yeah, we don't, we can't do that anymore. So first 10 minutes, smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden my, my scene partner, my castmate, she skips a couple pages ahead. Oh no. And I was like, um, in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, holy <laughs> crap. Like, and so I'm having to, in, in, in half a second, I'm having to think, did we just skip something that's really important that's going to come up later? Yeah, because you um, have to go back and get all that information in for whatever's mm-hmm. coming down the line. Yeah, exactly. So um, luckily in this case, um, I, I, I didn't end up having to go back. But I, I knew that I could trust her that if I did try to go back and, and piece it all together, you, yeah. she would. And then and then once you get that, OK, that's step one. Step two is skipping the stuff that you've already just said that's already ahead <laughs> and finding out how to. It's beautiful when it happens. Right, it happened right. a lot in high school uh-huh. because it's high school theater. You know, people get nervous and then they start messing up. But um, in that particular instance, luckily didn't miss anything too vital. So we were able to just keep it going. But there was that half second where I had to I had to stay in my character. Yeah. And but also be like in the back of my mind trying to internalize and, and think like, holy crap. All right. What do I got to do now? Because that gotta was fix the... this. And I got to make sure that nobody knows that I'm fixing this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, if there were if, the, if there were actors out there in, in the audience, they would have they, they would have seen they would have picked so, up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I've been in the audience and been like, oh, someone just skipped something. I never hold it against them. I'm not like, oh, it's a bad play now. It's it's more fun to see, see how they recover. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, what was the biggest uh, like takeaway from uh, improv class for you? Uh, like, was it was it the people that you you did it with? Did you? Yeah, I had some like in, I had some really incredible uh, co students. Uh, yeah, co students. Class, yeah, classmates. classmates. <laughs> We're changing it to co students now. Co students. Some of them had, uh, actually, several of them had uh, previous experience. Uh, I know uh, one young lady in the class. She was in, Al- she was from Alabama, moved here uh, from Alabama. Uh, she had had a couple of years, like a year or two, experience with an Alabama uh, mm-hmm. improv troupe. Uh, a couple of people that have done stuff with, you know, Georgia, Georgia Renaissance Festival uh, crowd work with them. Um, clearly people who have had more experience than just a normal level one class. So getting to work with them actually kind of raised my game a little bit because I'm working mm-hmm. with experienced improv artists. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that helped out quite a bit. Just making sure that I, you know, I didn't get too in my head, uh, just letting, you know, letting go of any anxiety that I had uh, about going into it. Uh, like I said, I didn't think that my brain worked that way, but mm-hmm. uh, it turns out everybody's brain works that way. You yeah. just got to, un- you know, unlock it and tap into it. That's cool. And and at Dad's Garage, I, I this isn't like some big long advertisement for them, but I would say they they're are masters. They're, yeah, they're they're masters. very good. Yeah. And their shows are extremely good as yeah. well. I've been to a few. I went to one that was an actual like play. Yeah. Um that was did you happen to see that one? I think it's Star Trek into Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw both of that? them. I saw both of them. I didn't see the first one. I saw yeah. the second one though. That was amazing. Yeah. I laughed so hard. And at the very end when they were doing um Oh like, no, no, it's not Star Trek. It was um Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan into darkness. Yeah, yeah well, the first like one was Wrath of Khan, sec- and uh, that was many, many, many years ago. And then they, the sequel, Wrath of Khan into darkness, yes. just came out this year. That's yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, I guess they couldn't use Star Trek in their in the actual <laughs> name. Yeah, Wrath of Wrath of Khan, and it was all about them going to Dragon Con to conventions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, was so fun. Yeah, and then after uh, the people I went with, we stayed at, uh, we stayed and we watched the the show. And their their those uh, their ability to do improv is amazing. Yeah. And so yeah. then I went another night, and then they had the students get up 
um, at the end, and they all were able to spend about five minutes like showcasing themselves. Right, and, right. And um, I went to a different show where they would call students up, um, where they would they would pull out of a, a name out of a hat, and they'd be like, right. "All right, and this next one we're going to bring up, you know, Allie." And then and then she'd be in the audience, and she'd she'd come and get up and do the uh, yeah. do that scene, and then sit down. That was it's really cool that they incorporate their students into it yeah, like that. Yeah, And I believe I saw that you got to do that, right? You got to go up on stage at Dad's Garage. Uh, well, on Tuesday nights they do have a student mixer, and so okay, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday nights I believe it was levels one, two, and three. Or no, one and two. Actually, I think all levels were available on, on Tuesday. And you get to go up and you get to do some, you know, work out some scenes. Uh, it's usually headed up by their their education guy, Ed. Um, so, and then I think on Wednesdays they do uh, student mixers for levels three, four, and five. Uh, so those are where, you know, the, the students get to go up and work out and get to, mm-hmm. to, to apply their skills. Uh, I think... Uh, levels four and five, they do like graduation classes at the end of the sem- uh, at the end of the sessions. Uh, I think those are going on next week, and I'm going to try and stop in to see those. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might be going um, next Friday to see something, so uh, hopefully, um, maybe we'll run into each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They do a lot of. Uh, I mean, Dad's Garage is known for their improv, uh, yeah. but but they do scripted shows uh, every 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 week. I think it's um, or most every week. Uh, I think right now, uh, I don't, I think everything right now is improv. They're doing like a, it's kind of a Sesame Street, Avenue, okay. Avenue Q kind of a sure. mashup. Um, I haven't gotten in to see it yet, but it, uh, I've heard great things about it. Cool. Well, definitely good luck to you. Yeah. Level two. Thanks. Um, maybe one day we'll be in the same class to be able to be up on stage together. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, doing dad's garage and I wanted to continue, but I decided to switch over and do acting classes because I was doing some auditions there for a little while. And I, 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 I could feel that I wasn't as good as I, I know I can be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I got to get back in classes. And, um, so I, I switched it up. I've been doing that. So eventually I'll get back into doing improv when I have the time or yeah, the money. Yeah. I'd be, I'd love to be able to do an improv class and an acting class, but <laughs> fortunately funds don't work that way. You know, money's only so finite in, right. uh, in my life right now. So, um, but yeah, one day until you get future. some sponsors, yeah, man, <laughs> maybe I don't. I, I don't know. It's so so far, who do you think would sponsor me on this podcast if uh, it happened? If it came to it, uh, maybe Dad's Garage. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, they got free sponsorship right now. Hopefully, they they appreciate it. Um, maybe like a a bar of soap. I'd, I'd be. I could talk about some soap. Yeah. 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 Or maybe Irish Spring. I I love Irish Spring. Especially when it has the little scrubby parts on it, yeah, the exfoliating, <laughs> <laughs> or um, uh, or or like a, a nice pair of socks. I'd, I'd, I'd promote a sock company for sure. You know, I am a big fan at, uh, of Thorlo socks. Uh, they're Thorlo. Kind of, yeah, they're there's uh, they they're like sweat wicking and there's like some padding and stuff like that. So I've I've, I've become a little bit of a sock nerd. Uh, whenever I started running. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, she was talking to. This is way back before I started running, before I started getting into to, to health and fitness. A friend of mine was talking about she was going hiking and she was spending $15 on a pair of socks. And I was like, what? $15 on a pair? I buy like 12 pair for right. $15. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But but whenever you start uh, working out and exercising and running and stuff like that, you you learn that the, the equipment and the clothing that you use – does matter and sometimes you do have to pay that fifteen dollars for a pair of socks. Yeah, absolutely. Um having a nice pair of like hiking boots or just shoes if you're right. at the gym. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I wish I could just wear the same I'm, my Jordans that I wear for play basketball in, 
they're 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 done now and, and it really sucks i was i yeah. was at the gym dribbling the other day and my feet were really starting to hurt and yeah. that's never happened and i was like oh man <laughs> the shoes are done it sucks yeah. so i gotta get me a new pair yeah usually so i uh i started running about 10 years ago maybe okay and as part of that you know you spend the spend the money for the shoes spend the oh money yeah for the socks and you yeah absolutely you can tell especially for me as a bigger guy i'm i'm technically a Clydesdale, which is a runner that's over 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so they named you after a horse. Yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, but the, your, your shoes tend to wear out a little faster. So the, the, mm. the cushioning and the support. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Because all the, like, the added weight that you're putting onto it. Yeah. So do you have a brand of shoes that you like a lot? Right now I'm running in some Brooks. Brooks Brothers is the bomb. I could not afford it on my own, but okay. my old company got me two different pairs. Still wear them to this day. Brooks Brothers is what? Brooks Brothers is the suit company. Oh, just Brooks. Yeah, just Brooks. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. But you know what I meant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I also really like, I, I might be butchering, the, I've never actually heard it said, but Salconies. Saucony. Saucony. Yeah. Oh, that's not as cool. <laughs> I like Salcony, so I'm going to stick with it. Never mind. <laughs> well, no, like I, I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time uh, with some of the pronunciations, too, until I started. Uh, so there, uh, Roadrunner Sports is one of the local uh, shoe runner places, you know. Yeah. And uh, they had um, these adventure runs that they would invite their customers to every year or every month. And I teamed up with them, and I was one of their tour guides. And as part of that, being a volunteer, you would get free shoes. Nice. Yeah, because um, shoes are hella expensive. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But, I mean, it's worth it. But yeah. it's like one pair at a time. Right. It's that much, yeah. Yeah, so – and especially whenever you're going through them, you know, a pair of shoes every four months, it, it, it gets – quite pricey so whenever yeah. you, know, you would volunteer for these adventure runs or volunteer for these you know whatever runs that they're doing they would have these uh, vendors come out so you would have people from Saucony or from Brooks or from you know whatever they're promoting that month and so you you learn a little bit more about the shoes and they sometimes will give you a free pair hmm. that's nice I'm gonna right to, I'm gonna have to go volunteer a little bit get yeah. back to the community and get back to my feet Exactly. Exactly. So uh, you went. You went and did a, a marathon, and that's where you were in New Orleans. I attempted a marathon. Okay, tell me. I, I don't know the story, but the way you described it before we started uh, the podcast. So what? What the hell happened in New Orleans, man? So uh, I st- I I started the marathon, and my brother was there with me. We were both running it. Uh, it was supposed to be my first marathon, and about mile eleven, I blacked out. You blacked out. I blacked out. Yeah. Oh no, you Clydesdale. You... <laughs> <laughs> I I face planted. It was pretty uh, oh, epic. Man. Yeah. Um. I. It so was. Do you know why? Was it dehydration? Or no. Was surprisingly, it... I wasn't dehydrated. Okay. I think there. So I I did go to the ER uh, and they did check me out. The official diagnosis mm-hmm. whenever I was released was uh, heat exhaustion, but it was weird because it was not that hot out. I think part of it was I was de- not dehydrated, but I was undertrained. I was definitely undertrained. Sure. Um, due to a myriad of reasons between you know injuries and uh, a little bit of disinterest and a little bit of my own hangups and stuff like that. Um, I was not training as well as I should have. And probably the longest run before attempting the marathon was a year and a half before that. Whenever I did the half marathon in oh, wow. uh, Las Vegas. So well, how did that one go? Did you complete it? I did complete okay. that one. Yeah. Um, but it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we, I, I, I 
I was like, oh no, I could totally do this. We're going to do intervals where I'll like run for two minutes and walk for a minute. We totally got this. And for some reason about mile 11, my body just was like, nope. And I blacked out for about 10 seconds. I woke up and my brother was like carrying, not carrying me, but like guiding me over to the side. And I'm like, he's like, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, I know I'm fine. What happened? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And usually, you know, it's funny because in New Orleans, most people, when they black out, they black out on Bourbon Street. But I did it in the middle of the Treme. So (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. That's good. So you're going to try a marathon again sometime? I am. Yeah. I want to. I I do want to tackle New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and and prove her her wrong. Yeah. I I really had a great time there. Uh, It's a fantastic city, a fascinating city. I've never been, but I I hear great things. And the food there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The food there was so amazing. Um. So yeah, and it was like I started out the the race was actually pretty pretty easy because it's very very flat, mm-hmm. um, so it felt great. And I was actually we were actually ahead of schedule, and it was just my weird body blacking out. There was a uh, lot of things that were going into that. I think part of it was you know being undertrained. I didn't feel myself properly that morning. Um, the only thing I had in my system, I didn't eat. So I woke up, I had a bottle of orange juice and then on the, on the racetrack, I had like one of those energy goos and some Gatorade and some of those power jelly beans. So the only thing I had in my system was like pure sugar. And so, (laughs) yeah, that's that's probably why I blacked out. (laughs) So, so if you, your next time around, um, obviously you're going to be training more, I, I, I assume. Um, what is what does that look like as far as like when you wake up for that morning? Are you going to be trying to have like a light breakfast or something like that? I usually run in the afternoons after work. Oh, okay. So yeah. when did this marathon start? It started at seven thirty in the morning. Oh, geez. So yeah, you're, you're probably not used to that at all. Uh, not as much. Usually, I'll get up. Uh, so I, I get up for work and I work at seven thirty. But it's like uh, that's I'll, a marathon in its own. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I'll usually eat about eight or nine. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the fueling and the training for, you know, going forward is going to be a little bit different just because I do it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any favorite like movies based on running? Like, have you seen chariots of fire? I, I don't think I have, but I just yeah. watched Brittany runs a marathon. Brittany runs a marathon. Is that a documentary or is it? No, okay. No, it's, uh, what's it about? It's on, I mean, Amazon it's obviously Prime. Brittany running a marathon. But yeah. Like- it's on Amazon prime and it's kind of cool because the, the movies it, yeah, it's about a woman who learned, who, who trains to run a marathon and, and accomplishes it. Um, but it, it's more about her personal journey and kind of the emotional things that she's going through in her journey. And the, the, the marathon's kind of secondary. Okay. Um, so I saw a lot of similarities, um, just because of some of the emotional stuff I've been going over for the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Um, so yeah. That's cool. So that you kind of struck a chord. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You, like, was it like a tearjerker at all? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Brittany in the in the show, uh, she was a little depressed, which, you know, I think everybody everybody deals with depression at some level. Yeah. Um, and including myself. And I think that played into into the, the problems that I had with my training. Um, but like she was having issues with, uh, personal relationships and friendships and family and, uh, romantic relationships and, and, you know, some of the stuff that she like, um, some of the stuff that she was going through at work, uh, some of her unhappiness at work and, uh, some of the roadblocks that she had in her marathon training with injuries and yeah. So I, there's definitely a lot of parallels with some of my prior training there. <laughs> well, I, I didn't. It's cool that they to hear that there's something out there that 
talks that shows a, a runner yeah. and, and things that they go through and um, adds a little bit of the life and, and, and yeah the, yeah what's behind it. Any other shows that you're you're watching right now? Uh, TV shows, yeah, oh, yeah. Or, or movies. Like, what have you watched recently? Uh, the most recent movie I watched, I uh, the Birds of Prey movie mm-hmm. with Margot Robbie. I saw that too. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I liked mm-hmm. it. Um, a lot of the DC stuff. I'm a huge DC comics fan. Same here. <laughs> yep. I love Marvel too, but DC is my preferred choice. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought. Um, I thought that Ewan McGregor was really good as Black Mask. He <laughs> committed. When yeah. he, he was having fun, yeah. I felt. Yeah. yeah, even though like his character is very um, misogynistic and he's evil, I, he, I still could tell that he um, was he, he knew where, where, what movie he was in yeah. and what he was going for. That was really cool. The thing is, the, the title is kind of misleading because it wasn't necessarily a Birds of Prey movie. It was a Harley Quinn movie. Yes, um, yeah, I the, agree. The Birds of Prey just happened to be in it. In the third act. Yeah. I mean, when they came together. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. That's, I don't think that's spoiling anything. Um, I say that because I listened to a review before I went and saw it, and they said that. So <laughs> I, And I didn't take it as a spoiler. So, um, and and I, knew what I, I knew what I was getting into, but even still, it was – I get it. It's a setup movie. It's almost an origin movie of like yeah. how they get together, I guess. But um, it would have been nice to be able to see the women together kicking ass for a lot longer than yeah. they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was definitely centered on, on – Harley Quinn and Margot's character. Yeah, I mean, not that I hated that. I mean, no, she was fantastic. <laughs> she was so much fun. I was having a lot of fun watching that movie. Yeah, I would say that the character of Cassandra Cain was significantly different than the comic book. Um, Cassandra Cain is that um, the uh, canary? No, no. So she was the girl with the cast. She was the neighbor. oh right, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. in the comic books, she's actually a former Batgirl. She she was Batgirl for a while. Oh really? Is that yeah. is that the is that the one that was in like Dark Knight Returns? Uh, I don't. Oh no, that's that's the girl Robin. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I I love DC. I'm just not I'm not entirely knowledgeable on it. Yeah. So let me let me make that clear. But Cassandra I do love, Kane, yeah, yeah, Cassandra Kane was actually one. Uh, I think she was raised by the League of Assassins. Ooh, cool. Yeah, like she whenever she first encountered Batman, I think it was during the No Man's Land storyline in the comic books back in the nineties. Okay. Um, question mark. So this one was instead the the girl with the cast who stole the the. the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, and with the comic book origin she she didn't even know how to speak whenever she first encountered batman because all she knew was training to be a deadly assassin that's kind of cool yeah like there's no time to even learn a language <laughs> just just learn to kill people <laughs> pretty much pretty i much. love it yeah yeah um anytime the league of assassins is in a batman uh movie or comic book i'm for it i love yeah. the league of assassins such a a cool um like group of people and what they set out to do. And then obviously Ra- Rachel Ghoul, I guess, is the correct way of saying it's it. It's funny that you're talking about that because I was just watching, before I came over here for the for the podcast, I was just watching Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's <is> so amazing. <laughs> it is so much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And That's good to hear. Yeah, one of the characters is Rachel Ghoul or Raz Al Ghoul. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I put out because I was like, they're, they're using both pronunciations in the show. Really? Like sometimes in the same conversation. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like ba- in the Bat Cave, they're all talking about it, and Batgirl says Roz, and Bat, you know, Robin says you know Raish, and maybe it's just a matter of like their dialects. I don't know. Because like I-, I say police, and most people would just say police. So maybe it's one of those where it's just a matter yeah. of how you choose how someone would say it, and yeah. according to their own vernacular. 
I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely <laughs> no speech expert. Well I, was t- well, I put it out there on Facebook, and uh, one of my friends you know, posted. He's like, well, you know, Denny O'Neill, who kind of created the character, says Raish, so that's kind of what we're going to go yeah. with. Um, and then somebody else was, you know, talking about, well, as an immigrant, you know, there's different pronunciations for different things depending on, I, I guess, preference or I don't, I don't know exactly. That's all right. Who's your favorite superhero? Green Lantern. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Um, why? Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> also, which one? Is it just the Green Lantern? Like whoever is over earth at that time or like, is it Hal Jordan? Um, is it, well, of uh, course, Hal Jordan Don is Stewart? the greatest Green Lantern of all times. Yeah, but, okay. <laughs> but, but I do have to say that uh, I do have a little affinity for um, Guy Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he's he? He's pretty. British, right? Or maybe no, no, he's American. Oh, okay. I, I think I saw a movie where they gave him an accent or something, but I could. Be I don't think as well. he's in one of the movies yet. Um, not like an animated. movie. Oh, one of the animated. Yeah, or maybe one of the TV shows. No, like I think Justice he's from League. Boston. I think he's got a Boston accent. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> no, oh, Boston no. British. No it good. sounds so similar. Oh, no. I'm no good at accents. <laughs> that must have been it. My bad. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, why why do you say that you also have an affinity to Guy Gardner? Uh, he's kind of a hothead. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of a hothead, is. kind of a badass. Mm. Um, can I cuss on this? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is explicit. Um, I mean, I don't plan on cussing the whole time. It's not right, one of right. those, but yeah, feel free. Okay. I didn't know how G rated. I need this, to be. this show has adult themes there you know, <laughs> in some of my, my podcast. Rated episodes, T for we, teen <laughs> TVMA <laughs> intended for mature audiences, <laughs> like viewer discretion advised. <laughs> That's how I'm going to start it off. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's gonna, it has adult themes. I've talked about sex and oh, okay. uh, stuff in, in other podcasts, not like, not f- like too in depth, but right, right, right. Yeah. Right. So this is definitely not for like 12 year olds. Gotcha. <laughs> if they're listening, <laughs> then, uh, that's on their parents. Not their parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so Guy Gardner, uh, just kind of, yeah, he's just kind of a badass. just, you know, takes no guff, you know. Oh, badass was what I was expecting something worse. <laughs> like I said, I didn't know how PG I needed to get. Yeah, no, it's fair. I appreciate Yeah, yeah. No. I, I actually meant to tell you beforehand that it's all good, but cool. now you know. Gotcha. Moving forward. So my favorite Green Lantern, though, is Jon Stewart. I love um, his, first off, his voice. I think it's Phil Lamar who does a Jon yes. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, amazing, amazing voice actor. But um, not only that, but he's just so level-headed, and he's the leader of... The group, and he's a, a veteran, like he was a ex-military, um, ex-military. Yeah. And then there's this one arc in uh, either Justice League or Justice League Unlimited, where they have to go back in time to the World War II, and he just takes on, he dons himself as as a, just a military guy again. He, I think he his ring because he's in the past, he doesn't have his lantern, yeah. So his ring loses charge. Have you seen the the TV show? Are you familiar? It's been a long time. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I saw that episode specifically or not. Well, he ends up. Um, he ends up getting uh, like joining up with a band of like American soldiers and they, they don't, they, they don't know who he is and they don't uh, like give him the respect that he deserves as Green Lantern and John Stewart in general, but they don't know that, that, that that's, and he can't explain it to them either. Right. And so um, they kind of give him a lot of shit for a while. And, and uh, eventually he ends up doing something like very heroic. He, he saves one of their lives or something. And then they earn and he earns their respect. And then they, and they start seeing him as one, as an equal and it was just that was one of my favorite episodes to watch, and it made me really like John Stewart after nice, that. Yeah. Nice, 
Yeah. My brother and I, uh, whenever we went to the, whenever we did the New Orleans half marathon a year and a half ago, we decided that we were going to get brother tattoos. And so awesome. I ended up getting a Green Lantern tattoo. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's nice. So for people, it's not, uh, there's no video of this. He's, he's got a, a tattoo of the Green Lantern on his left shoulder. Yeah. I'd say that's about like 10 inches in height. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then my brother got Green Arrow. On the same, on his opposite shoulder. Wow, cool! And so it was kind of a heart, you know, hearkening back to that Green Arrow, Green Lantern storyline from the seventies. Uh, it kind of, you know, the 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 personalities that they had in that storyline are very much the personalities that he and I have. I, I'm very much more idealistic and optimistic, and he's very much grounded and down to earth and more uh, cynical. So <laughs> very similar to the personalities that each of the heroes had during that during that time on the comics. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, he's a nerd too. <laughs> nice. So, um, as far as uh, superheroes are concerned, like, what do you think about the state of the movies? You think DC is going to turn it around? I hope so. Yeah. I I had real hopes whenever they were doing the Justice League. <laughs> did you? I did. I mean, I. I, don't... <laughs> I... <laughs> the look on your face when you're like, did you? I felt bad. It was like, almost oh. pathetic. Like, oh man, you had such hopes. I so, I'm so sorry for oh, you. You got so let down, Jim. I did. I did. Well, yeah. I, so I actually, so some, all right, here we go. Yeah. So, yeah go <laughs> all right. We're getting to it now. <laughs> like I didn't hate the movies as much as everybody is, as everybody else. Did. Oh yeah. Hot yeah. take. Well, I, I loved man of steel. I thought man of steel was fantastic. Oh, man of steel was good. Yeah. Um, I did not hate Batfleck. I actually I, thought he was really good. I loved Ben Affleck. Yeah. As, as I thought Batman. he was fantastic. And I thought all the shit that he was getting yes. from everybody was unwarranted. I agree. And, and people did sort of shut up once they saw him, uh, for the first time. Yeah. I mean, people still, there were still critics. There's always going to be, but people were like, Oh, okay. It wasn't as bad as we thought. Yeah. Uh, when, and you can actually go back and look on my, on my Facebook. I don't expect you to, but I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's there. <laughs> deep dive, deep dive, when, deep dive back, back way back. <laughs> like, I don't know, like six years ago when we first, when it was first announced that he was going to be Batman. I that day when I saw that I I uh, my post was something like I'm for it or yeah. like Ben Affleck is Batman I like, I think I I'm, even I'm, yeah I'm, I think I'm I had cool something like that too because it was uh, everybody was giving a lot of shit about Ben Affleck being cast I'm like yeah everybody gave shit to Heath Ledger too and look how amazing that turned out yeah to be. exactly and and I don't think people res- uh, Ben Affleck is a much better actor than I think people give him credit for yeah he that man is phenomenal yeah i didn't know he was so tall you know he's like six three six four is he I had yeah no idea. yeah um <laughs> he's he's coming he's gonna be in this uh, movie coming up the way back um i don't know that one it, he's gonna he's a basketball coach who oh is, yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i've seen i've seen probably like five movies in the past month and it's been i've seen that trailer and before every single movie including gotcha. birds of prey um but I, I'm actually really looking forward to that. That reminds me of it has like a Coach Carter feel. Yeah, and uh, like with Samuel L. Jackson was the coach of that team, mm-hmm. and um, kind of has that that sort of feel, but with like a different type of heart. With, with, yeah. the, with his his battle is with alcoholism and and I think trying to save his family. Yeah, I'm also kind of yeah. hinting at that in the trailers. Um, just I'm, I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to cry. <laughs> you know, Are you and, crying? and feel some things. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first movie you ever cried in? Or cry like watching? Uh, I, I, dude, I cry at like AT and T commercials. <laughs> what? They, they'll get you those bars. That Google commercial during the Super Bowl, I was bawling. Are you oh, kidding me? I, I actually, I had gotten up to get some more sausage balls. It's my mom's <laughs> signature. 
you missed a good cry, man. I come back, my mom's like Dalton, like, <laughs> like the, the 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 like the aura in the room <laughs> was so low. Yeah, I so I, I it, it was a it was about like I think like um, Alzheimer's or something, right? Uh, or, there was a bunch. Of, yeah, there was that one. There was man. a couple of other. Yeah, there were I, some tearjerkers. I, like I, I appreciate what they were trying to do. Yeah. I did. I, I I know about it, but I, I I'm also kind of speaking out of my ass because I still haven't seen it. I don't want to. <laughs> um, but I, I could I could hear it like in the background. It's like um, you know Google Play her her, her, her favorite her, song. Yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, and I, I get what they're trying to do, but like not during the Super Bowl. <laughs> people, are, I get I get it. You're in yeah. front of most people. You're in front of the most eyes like you'll ever be in American television for that year. Yeah. But damn, like it was it was a it was a weighty commercial. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. It tugged those heartstrings. Yeah. You know what? My... So I do cry at commercials. Oh, gotcha, I do yeah. cry at freaking Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. When Ellen gives away that car, I'm crying. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh man, Ellen gets me. They they had I saw like a, a quick YouTube clip um, the the other morning of they brought on this soldier who um, had, had grown up with not a lot of money and yeah. his, his mom was supporting him and his sister and uh, they and now he's um he was in I think I want to say the military uh, might have even been in the navy but um, anyway they kind of asked him about what it was like growing up. And he talked about one of his teachers that was really important to him and how she believed in him when he really needed someone to believe in him. Right. And then they brought on the teacher. Oh my God. Yes. 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 And then, and then, (laughs) and then they talk about his clunker of a truck and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been driving it for like so long or whatever. And they're like, well, we got you a brand new car. And and now it's prices right. No, but, um, (laughs) uh, but no, then they, they, so they get him a car, uh, I think for him. and, And then they even did something for his mom. I, I, Maybe they they paid for their rent for uh, yeah. their mortgage for a few months or something. But anyway, they just they did so much and things like that really get me. Yeah. I was sitting yeah. there. It was it was over breakfast before I went to work, and I just had to like sit down. I didn't eat for a second, like just watching this. Yeah. I will fall into one of those like soldiers coming home rabbit holes on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I've actually gotten to witness one of those. Oh wow. In Alabama, I um, I mean, I'm acting like it's like a big thing, but like, I, I, there's no. Every uh, veteran in my family is is older, like my yeah, dad, yeah, my yeah. granddad. Um, no one like who's still serving. Um, but anyway, I, I was in Alabama and I was working in elementary schools at the time, and there was this big buzz around the hallway, and all of a sudden, all the students were out in like a line. And I, I walk up to a teacher and I say, "Hey, you know what's going on? Is there like a drill or something?" And she's like, "No, no, it's uh, one, uh, one of the uh, kids' dads just got home from Iraq." Oh wow! And yeah, and, and the, the oh, wife dude. was there. And, oh no! <laughs> like, the, uh, the electricity in the, in the hallways and and seeing him walk in um, and his son uh, like turning and seeing his dad and just running to him and jumping in his arms. Um, ah. It was, it was, it was a sight. Start crying now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so um stop crying jim <laughs> um, no, dude, those yeah, so. I'm, i i, I kind of attribute that to my mom she was um she very much uh raised me to <laughs> definitely be in touch with my feelings yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'd, yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you um not only my mom but i have i grew up with four sisters oh yeah um, li- uh, two of them i didn't live with but two i did and so mm. um and my dad was always working he was a private investigator so he, he was out late nights most of the time so I, I grew up around uh, females around the house. So I kind of got some some of that feminine charm yep. essence to yep. me, which I, I'm, I'm actually very, very thankful for. Yeah. Um, because which should help us in this next generation to break gender stereotypes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, and speaking on that, you know, the, there is it, it is true that men are, are expected to kind of 
um, hold their feelings back yeah, yeah. And, and, and not be criers, not be strong. I, I, I do believe that that's a, a thing that a lot of guys feel. I have at times in my life, but for the most part, uh, I, maybe it's just me and my personality. Like I, I, was, I was someone who always felt. I never really hid my feelings unless it was a tactful thing. Yeah, like yeah. I, I needed to hide my feelings because I didn't need them to be shown in that moment. But I never, I never felt that way personally. And I think I'm very lucky in in that regard. Yeah. Um, always willing to go to therapy. Always willing to talk to a therapist, talk it out. Um, I, I I've not done book. that. That's the one thing I haven't done is therapy. Really? Yeah. That's a, and, and that's okay. Um, I would say that everyone can benefit from therapy. Yeah. Just just talking to someone about what's going on in your life and getting some guidance. It's but I understand that it's also scary because you're kind of opening yourself up to a stranger. I actually gave someone this this advice last night. Um, she was telling me that she wants to go see a therapist. But um, she's scared of uh, of that of of divulging her you know herself to a, a stranger. So I told her I gave, this was the advice I gave her. It's advice that I followed myself um, in the past when I first went to see a therapist. I was worried that I wouldn't. Um, it wasn't the first time I saw a therapist. The very first time I saw a therapist didn't go very well. They did most of the talking. I didn't feel like I got a lot out right, of it. Right. And I almost kind of forgot why I was there because I got so caught up in the conversation of it, you know? Right. So the next time, I didn't go to them again. I switched I switched therapists. And when I went, I wrote a letter to them beforehand explaining what was going on in my life, what I wanted out of therapy, and what um, uh, how I felt about everything. That's that was actually going a really on. good idea. Yeah. And, and I do it with the doctors, too. Nice. Um, there, was, there was a time in my life when I was a hypochondriac. Mm -hmm. Not so much anymore, thankfully. I, that's... That's too much anxiety to, to burden people who are hypochondriacs. I really feel for um, because it's very hard to, to push through. It took a very very um, understanding neurologist to um, help me break that um, because doctors just give you the runaround. A lot of them right. just come in. I'm not trying to knock doctors. I'm just talking about my own experience. Right, right. Because they're there. They are there to do good. And admittedly, I I, I was okay um, at the time. I just I was. It was all in my head, and so it was really my anxiety. I, I was speaking to the wrong people, but. To me, it was very real, and right. it was hard to get someone to understand that. Um, and a lot and of so, times, whenever you're going to a doctor and it's in your head and you're hypochondriac, it's you know the doctors don't want to take the, they don't want to take the time to explain that to you. They're just like they they just kind of dismiss you mm -hmm. as maybe you're pill seeking or maybe you're you know there's a million different reasons why they they would just not take the time to explain that. Yeah, and I understand it now. At the time, it was very hard. Um, I remember a, a very vivid moment of crying in the car with my mom, just telling her that how and we're getting like real right now, but, um, but like I was telling <laughs> right, her, I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I, was, I was telling my mom, thanks. I was telling my mom that like I, I was crying and I was, it was after like my 10th doctor's visit in a few months and, and I hadn't gotten any closer. And I, and I was just crying, telling my mom that I think I'm going to die. Yeah. You know? So to, I, to, to be transparent, like I, I, I convinced myself that I had a tumor, uh, that I had cancer, uh, that because uh, it's really it's kind of embarrassing. But um, I ended up it just it ended up being that um, I had uh, tore my shoulder up working out too hard. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. And I know, right? I'm okay. So I'm okay. And it's still painful. <laughs> yeah, but um, what had happened was that it, it was pulling. It it, it mm -hmm. was very tight. And it was pulling on my neck, which was going all the way up into my ear, which was causing me headaches, and it was making my eye twitch. And I, and so I, I, I you know, I, being someone who's prone to anxiety, it made me think that something was wrong in my head. I didn't think that it was my shoulder. And finally, after seeing this neurologist who did the brain scan and, and showed me that everything was okay, I even thought I had Lyme disease, Jim. Dude, it was bad. I thought I had a blood clot. 
Really? I did. I thought I had a blood clot in my leg. This is back uh, whenever I was, this is one of the many things that I was working through whenever one of my injuries from, from running. Sure. Yeah. So back in 2000 and uh, the 16, 2015, uh, I, it was 2015. I injured my back doing CrossFit because that's it's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hurts themselves in CrossFit and yeah. I really jacked up my back. And so, yeah. yeah. And I, but then like I had gone to a chiropractor and worked through it and I'd, you know, improved and I, that was like three years and I thought I was fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm training for the new marathon and all of a sudden my, I'm getting pains in my heels. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I'm just getting, you know, plantar fasciitis or something like that. So I started wearing the the weird socks and it's not helping. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, one day after a month of trying to figure out what was wrong, it's like the pain was in my heel and it, I felt the pain going up my leg. And I was like, I've got a blood, I've got a blood clot and it's moving towards my heart. I'm going to die in like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh no, Jim. Oh man, I can relate. I, and so I know that what you were feeling at that time and it yeah. is very real to yeah, you. Yeah. So what did at you the, do? I ended up like talking myself down. Yeah. Realizing kinda, you just that have to breathe. Yeah. I just breathe. Talk. And I realized that the pain was not in my foot. It was actually traveling down my leg from my back. And then so kind of like through process of elimination and, you know, thinking about it, uh, realizing it was that, uh, I ended up trying like a decompression kind of a thing where Mm -hmm. I was hanging from uh, a pull up bar to kind of let that lower spine kind of elongate and that helped. And so then I got like this decompression harness that was kind of like the, those gravity. Uh, <laughs> yep. So instead of hanging upside down and de- decompressing my back that way, I had like a harness that I was able to hang from to kind of decompress yeah. that helped out quite a bit. And cool. then I decided to start going to a chiropractor actually going and seeking medical treatment and yeah. that, Oh my God, just the first week of treatment with a chiropractor helped me immensely. Uh, I still go to her today. Wow. It's cool. like a year and a half later and I still go to her. I go to her once a week and whenever I'm having like particularly heavy training sessions, whenever I'm doing running you know, I'll go twice, three times a week. Uh, she's phenomenal. I bet she helps you a lot with your hips. Yeah. 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 If Cause that was the problem that I had is whenever I jacked up my back doing CrossFit, it's like my hip is basically at an angle now. Yeah. Uh, where my right hip is higher than my left hip. And that's causing, I had a lot of problems with my piriformis where I was getting a lot of pain, like just walking up a slight light, like a slight level, you know, incline was, was killing my heels. Uh, so just go see, there's no reason not to go to a doctor. There's no reason not to go to a doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and feel free to write down your, <laughs> all of your symptoms and what you're thinking. Like, it's okay to be too, um, too explanatory. Yeah. Like I wrote everything. I even like got into like what was going on, like in my mind mentally, like why, what I was feeling about it. And I, and at the end I said, like, I could be totally wrong about all of this. Like this could all be in my head. I just need someone to hear me out and understand that this feels real to me. Man, that is such a good way of approaching a new provider is just to write them a letter. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause I'm going to start taking that, right. take hey, that approach. Yeah. Man, and, and don't get me wrong. It, it came, <laughs> uh, it came from seeing a lot of them and getting in, in the middle of it. And then two minutes later they were done talking and I'm like, wait, I, I feel like I only said like one out of the five things that were bothering me. And, and it's cause I forgot, like it's, it's almost like I equate it to a performance. Like right. I, 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 all, all of a sudden I'm like, 
it's go time and I'm not able to, um, well, there's a lot of pressure right now yeah. to, to talk and I'm getting all these questions and they're, they're asking me questions going their own way, but, and I, pre- and I get it, but I need you to understand that these things are going on as well. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so I, when I, if, same, same thing for me, I, I ended up um, trying to just breathe and I, and I saw a neurologist who just explained to me that it was valid what I was feeling, but that I should go check out the physical therapist downstairs. It was in like a, one of those buildings where they're like the downstairs yeah. is physical therapy, middle floor is neurology and upper floor is cardiology, stuff like that. Right, right. And so I actually just went, I went downstairs that very day and was in personal training the next morning or sorry, physical, physical therapy the next morning. I, I always think PT and, and it's, yeah. Um, so, um, I was in physical therapy the next morning and about two months later, uh, like, uh, cured is not the right word, but I was, I guess, healed Yeah, yeah. and no more pulling in my neck. Um, and I, I was a completely different person. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And after that, hypochondria still comes up sometimes yeah. and I have to, I just have to breathe and remind yeah. myself that. I think everybody has a slight tendency to hypochondria though. Yeah, I I don't I I don't know. I can't speak for people. I just I just I know that I I hate it. I absolutely I just for myself. The, yeah. That that it that anxiety You read those warning happens. labels on the medis- medications and I'm like I have all of these. <laughs> <laughs> How about those those commercials for um to get a little lighter here, which I guess is still morbid, but how about the um, those commercials for any drug now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it's like all these smiley, happy people, but it's like this could cause instant death. You know, right, like, right. Uh, side effects include <laughs> anal seepage and like, it, or, you know, like your if toenails. Your urine is brown. Please see a doctor immediately. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it's like, wait, it's not supposed to be brown, right? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I I don't get how those like do those work on people? Those commercials? I mean, I get it if it's like, all right, I understand those are side effects. They they have to say that it's yeah, totally yeah. it's it's a law. And, and usually the side effects are like one out of a million people. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just one it's person. So, yeah. It's just so funny to me how the, how they make those commercials seem. It's someone going through their life. They're they're kite surfing and they're like at, they're blowing out the candles for their birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's while it's talking Swing about dancing. Yeah. 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 Uh, or like just sitting watching fireworks with their significant <laughs> other who's totally cool with the fact that, you know, they you have anal seepage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess there could be worse things. <laughs> so, all right. So. Disclaimer, see, anal seepage is not fun. <laughs> Wait, what? What? I didn't say anything. Oh, geez. Uh, so, um. Batfleck. Yeah. Well, I was. <laughs> oh, I, want, I wanted to tell you what the first movie I ever cried uh, watching was. It was My Dog Skip. Have you ever seen that no. movie? No. It's um, if it's anything like it's obviously a dog. a dog's purpose or journey home or something like that, where a dog dies at the end, I would be a blubbering mess. Yep. Yeah. That's I. I'm pretty sure to, to spoil old it. Yeller. I mean, this is from like mid. Oh man, old yellow was tough. <laughs> that's a tough. It's a good movie, but it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like the original dog dying movie. Yeah. Right. When you think of it, you think of that, or you think of the opposite, and you think of Cujo. <laughs> Well, uh, Cujo's more of a dog killing. That's career. what I mean. Yeah. No, the opposite. The op- <laughs> like, this is sad, sad puppy, and then this is like mad puppy. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, I I, uh, I was on the set of Mean Girls two back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it just has an extra, and uh, they had a dog. One of the girls had like a little like yappy Chihuahua dog. Yeah. And man, the the treatment that that dog got on that set was. 
phenomenal. Yeah. Like better than I think a better lot of Better than kings. the extras. <laughs> oh, for sure. We got cheese puffs and pretzels. And this dog's chowing down on like smoked salmon. And, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but like we could not even breathe around this dog. If you got within like a foot, they would, no, no, get away, get away, get away. Get away. You know, oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Like, and I get it. It's a trained dog and, and it needs to focus. It's an actor as well. But damn, man. And it's like, also, y'all know what movie you're making? It's, it's okay. It's Mean Girls 2, man. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I Not the second one. I saw the first one. Yeah. Right. Oh, the first one's a first classic. One's, yeah. Oh, I've heard people tell me that's their favorite movie. And, On and, Wednesdays, and, we wear pink. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> it's my favorite one for that. Oh, my God. Um, but anyway, yeah, Mean Girls 2. You should still watch it just Who's to laugh. Who's in that? Uh, Megan Martin. And actually, to, to her credit... I don't think she did too bad of a job in the movie, and I actually I had I got to speak to her for a, a minute or two with my friend Charlie, who was also an extra, mm-hmm. um, on it with me, and uh, she was actually very very pleasant. She was okay, very cool. sweet, um, nice person, pleasant to talk to. Uh, I, I I don't know about the rest of um, the cast. Uh, well, that's not true. I'm sorry. Uh, on the on the last day that I was there to film was um, it was the prom scene. You know, it's a high school yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. so it's the prom scene. And one of the uh, actors um, or actresses in the cast uh, didn't have a date. Like, there was no character that was assigned as a date to them. So the I'm in the back with this, uh, like, blonde cheerleader-type girl who just was not having my personality, <laughs> man. She did. I was, I was, I'm on a, you know, I'm on a movie set. I'm happy. Like, I like to act. This is, this is, I'm, I'm Wait, was this the actress or was it her character? No, um, so, no, I'll get to the actress. I'm not talking about the actress. This was, um, th- no, this was a legit, like, another extra. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. She was, like, blonde, really, really, like, But that's really... what I'm saying. Was it the extra that was not having it or the extra's character? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe she was a really good actress, yeah. yeah. But no, it was her. Trust me. No, we talked beforehand. Trust me. Like they, they were like, "All right, we're gonna pair you up with who your your date is." And they were like, "You, you, 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 you." And I was like, "Oh wow, she's really hot. Like, go me." And then I tried to like talk to her, and she just was not. And I was like, "Oh okay." I'm like, "Come on, you're an extra." Yeah. Like she, she didn't, she didn't want to have anything. She just wanted to get her paycheck and go. I guess I don't know. But anyway, so I'm I'm back there, kind of in the middle of the crowd, and uh, when they when they filmed the scenes. Where they're they're having like they're 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 shooting the the characters up at the front near the stage, and um, in order to do that, they have to have everybody has to be dancing, right? Right, right. But they can't have music playing because it, it messes with the sound. So we're all having to dance to like our own song in our head, <laughs> right? And they're like, "All right, everybody dance," and which is really awkward, right? If you're in a a, a gym full yeah. of like other teenagers, we were like twenty, but you know, like teenage, you know, twenty somethings. And everybody's it's like the silent rage or the silent rager or silent. Yeah. Raves. Not, yeah. yeah. Those are, I, I did one of those on a cruise two did years you? ago. That was actually a lot of fun and it's even more fun to then take off your headphones and, and then watch. And, yeah. 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 Um, that one was cool, but, um, no, no. So, th- so this was like that, but with no music at all, you know, you have no, you can't even put the headphone on. And so, uh, long story short, my date is just not even caring to dance. And I'm like, well, screw it. You know, I, this girl isn't into me. That's fine. Um, like, I, I, it was the one day where none of my friends were there as extras either. So I'm alone. I'm just going to entertain myself. Right. So I'm just dancing. I'm going at it. You know, I'm doing the sprinkler. I'm doing the mashed potato. <laughs> I'm doing whatever, you know, yes. ultimate white boys. Yes. And uh, one of the PAs comes and grabs me. And, and I'm, I'm like, oh, no. Like, what did I do? You know, I'm like, because I'm, I'm so worried about, like, messing up this film for them. And he's like, hey, come on up here. The director wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what? So I go up, and the director's like, hey, we need someone to be uh, the uh, this actress's um, date. So will you do it? 
And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then and the PA says to me, like, hey, by the way, she saw you dancing and, and loved it. And that's why she chose you. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, yeah, man. And so that moral of that story is to just be yourself yeah. and you'll get recognized. No, I'm kidding. But like it. So um, she was really pleasant is what I'm talking about. The, gotcha. That actress. So while we were like waiting to uh, to film the scenes of us like dancing together. Um, which you can see at like the very end of the movie, there's like a slow mo of me like pumping my arms out. It's so dumb. It's so oh, dumb. Oh, dude, now I'm gonna have to go on iTunes tonight. Yes, definitely check it out. Um, my mom ended up buying two DVDs. I do not own. <laughs> it's a typical yes. typical parent, right? You're like, you were in a movie. My son was in a movie. It's like, oh, mom, I was an extra. Please, oh God, no. Like, my son was in a movie. Check it out. It's like, she's got I, five copies. She's just ready to hand one out to the girl. Oh yeah, clerk. she bought the poster. She bought, she bought the, the the copy that has a poster in yes. it. Yes. Oh yeah. It's, it's so messed That's up. A proud mama. I, I know. I don't blame her. I just it's it's I. She doesn't under she doesn't know like how acting goes, and it's like, mom, I, I'm not. That doesn't make me an actor. I, I appreciate it, but. Um, anyway, so she was really cool. Uh, so who else is in it? Oh, um, um, I, I don't think Tina Fey is in it. Um, no. but, um, God, I love her. Who, 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 um, Tim Meadows. He was oh, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got to shake his hand after. Nice. That was really nice. He, he was a cool guy too. I, I, no conversation, just shook his hand said, Hey, you know, I really appreciate your work. You're a funny guy. And he said, thanks. I appreciate that. Have a good day. And nice. kept walking. Um, he was cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's the only like returning uh, cast member from the first one. Gotcha. Okay. And he totally did not want to be there. You could tell. He's he was there for his it's a contractual to, obligation. Yeah, I'm guessing he was just like, give me my paycheck, I'm out. And I do not blame him at all. That's not me saying, hey, he's a a bad act. Like he's one of those guys who's not like, cool. Yeah, asshole I, kind of a guy. No, yeah. I just mean I'm sure he was like, yeah, this is not. I'm not. This isn't going to be our best work. It's a directed DVD sequel. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was on ABC Family. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I um I wanted to have a drinking game. With my friends, we didn't end up uh, doing it, but I want to have a drink game where we drank every time we saw ourselves nice. on screen, and we actually would have gotten pretty drunk. I saw myself like four or five times. Awesome! Yeah, that's the cool thing is yeah. when you look back and you're like, oh, there I am. I remember I was there, and like, all right, guys, let's see. I was there. I remember when they're talking about this or doing that. Yeah, that's fun. Is like remembering, like whenever you're doing stuff like that where you're an extra and you're not actually being heard on the screen. The, the shit that you could talk about, the shit that you say. Yeah. <laughs> so a friend, oh of mine, yeah, a friend of mine and I, we did a music video uh, for uh, oh, the director of the music video is a, is a buddy of mine. And he, he and his brother, um, I worked with them on a short film like 10 years. Uh, it was actually eight years ago last week. And cool. uh, like ever since then, they have a tendency of any project that they have, they ha they try and find a way to work me into it, which awesome. is really awesome. It's like uh, Adam Sandler and all his I buddies yeah. there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's like Judd Apatow. I'm, 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 yeah. I need to get in with the Judd Apatow type and I'm, I'm working on it. But cool. uh, so my buddy William, he's directing this music video and uh, he's like, hey, I need you to be this husband of, and can you come in and do it? And we'll you know get your wife. And so uh, I got my friend Becca to, be, to, to play my wife. And so we're on set and of course, you know, it's a music video. So the only thing that you're going to hear is going to be the music from the song. Yeah. So we're talking about, I mean, we are talking some weird ass shit when we're on, on set. I'm like talking about, uh, uh, talk. Oh, I can't even remember. It was something like, I know that you're really upset about 50 shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you really wanted Charlie Hannum to be the guy. And that now he's, he would have been great. I think he was originally cast. He was originally I cast. I have no, I don't know anything about it, but uh, I, I don't know anything about, wow, I actually would have watched yeah. it. I'm a I don't know Hannum anything fan. about the books. I know that they're, I want to say, I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I know the books are kind of, you know, 
soccer mom porn or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's its own genre. (laughs) Soccer mom porn. (laughs) The stuff that bored housewives read, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Luckily, no housewives listen to my podcast. (laughs) But, like, I think... They'd probably be like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to say that Charlie Hannum, uh, Hunnam... Hunnam? It's, it's Hunnam, but Hunnam. I wasn't, yeah. Charlie Hunnam was originally cast. Man, uh, they messed up. Yeah, and but, then he ended up he ended up dropping, and then they got uh, uh, Dorian. What's his name? I don't. Um, well, I think his character's name is Dorian Gray. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, Christian, I think. Wait, no, no, his, no. His name is Christian. Sorry, sorry. Not my Christian. I remember that. That was a hashtag. Hashtag not my Christian. So maybe his name is Dorian. I can't remember. Shoot, I don't know. I mean, I, I, know I literally first, know nothing about that. Movie, I know he so. was in the first season of Once Upon a Time on ABC. Wow. Um, as who? I, I've he was the sheriff. He was. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I stopped watching once they um, started just incorporating like any Disney princess. Yeah, yeah, I was out. I think it was like late season three. Yeah, but the first couple seasons, first were two, fantastic. the first two seasons were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that show. And Jennifer Morrison is the yes. main actress. She, I, I only watched it for her because she was in um, How I Met Your Mother. Okay, she was in either the fifth or sixth season. She was his main love interest for a while, yeah. and she was my favorite of all the girls that he, all, all the women that he was romantically involved with. Right. Other than Rob, do you know the show How I Met Your Mother? Uh, I'm, I have a passing familiarity. Gotcha. Okay. Just okay. because I am deeply, deeply in love with Allison Hannigan. Really? Yes. Out of all of them, Allison Hannigan. Back, it goes back to my Buffy days. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Cool. I uh, okay. I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just I know her. I I I do remember her from Buffy, and I I've watched more Buffy after I it was on air. Yeah. Um, because I think it was on Netflix or something I for a little while. Seven seasons on DVD. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> you strike me as a Buffy man. <laughs> um. So what how, did you like Angel? I, I did. I did. I liked Angel. Um. It was one of those things. It it was a slow burn. Like I think the last two seasons of Angel were much better than the last. Hmm. Like the corresponding seasons with Buffy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Sure. Um, I like that guy. He ended up being in Bones, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. David Boreanaz. Yeah. Yeah, with the better Deschanel sister. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just don't like Zoe Deschanel, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just don't. It's just that manic. That, and then New Girl is one of my favorite shows, but like, I only like it really when she's not. That's, I, that, that shows something for the quality of that show, because I don't really care when she's on, and I still love that show. I think the only thing I know her from is Elf. She was great enough. I will give her that. And and, uh, and yes, man was okay too. I I vaguely remember yet. I don't think I saw yes, man. I saw. Really, yeah. I, you would enjoy that. I, Are I you a Jim Carrey fan? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, sort of. Yes. <laughs> he I he's he's one of the. I like his movies more than I don't like his movies. Okay. Um, but there are certain actors that it's like you can tell if it's going to be a brand that I like or. I for example. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler has, in my opinion, a lot of lowbrow comedy that goes on. And then they have some really, really good shit out there, too. Yeah. Like, you know, some really good stuff like, you know, Click, I thought was fantastic. I love oh, Click. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Walken made that movie. And so did Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. But that was a very good movie. I mean, like, Adam Sandler is a fantastic actor, but, like, he sometimes plays the lowest common denominator. And I yeah. don't dig that. He, not, just, yeah, he goes Waterboy, on vacation. I and... hate Waterboy. Really? I do. I mean, I haven't. I don't think I'd ever really watch it again. Uh, I maybe. When did? You, what? What age were you when you watched it? That might. It was whenever it first came out. Oh, okay. I was probably in my mid twenties. Oh, I don't know. I see. I saw it when I was like nine. Oh yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> to a nine-year-old, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, that's one of those movies that like 
it depends on just where you are in your life when yeah. you see it, maybe. Yeah. But I get it. His the voice in Waterboy. Yeah. yeah. I just, but still to this day, I just I love talking. You ain't playing no foosball. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I just don't. I don't like Waterboy. I don't like. Oh, what is it? Billy Happy Madison? Gilmore. Oh. Happy Billy Gilmore Madison? Was, no. Yeah. I loved Billy Madison. Back to school. Back to school. No. <laughs> I, say, I don't like that. I that was a fun one, man. I, but it, it, it was mid-20s, maybe. That's what it was. I guess. I don't know. I just Well, I've never really been a big fan of that type of humor. Okay. That's fair. Like, even today, I don't like that type of humor. What about Big Daddy? Mm, is that the one where he adopted the kid? Yes. Yeah, I actually did enjoy that one. I, that's a yeah. yeah. I, I like that one. It had heart. Yeah, yeah. Like Billy Madison had Bill Gilmore, um, Waterboy didn't really have yeah. heart, and that and it and it wasn't supposed to, and I wasn't expecting it, so it's okay. Yeah. But Big Daddy was really surprising. Yeah. How much heart it had. Yeah. Towards the especially towards the end, like when he's really when he goes to court to really fight to save the kid, and how the kid. Having that kid ends up turning his life around and making him realize that he has been kind of a slob and he and he wants to be a father figure. Yeah, I, I that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I do enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, but I get it, especially recently. I, I mean, obviously, Uncut Gems just came out. I saw that; that was fantastic. I it's, haven't seen that, but I'm excited about it. You I, should you should watch it. Yeah. Just be prepared to be anxious the whole time. Oh. The the sound mixing and okay. editing of it makes it to where you don't really get a chance to breathe. You, okay. There's like one part in the middle when they go to like his daughter's play where you get to kind of breathe for a second. But okay. even then something it goes on and happens to where it's right back up and pace picks up. So it doesn't let you just take a, a chance to chill. Gotcha. And and I saw it in the theaters with my dad. Um, I bought him a, a, a movie gift card for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, because we like to go see movies nice. um, together. And so that was the best thing out at the time. Yeah. And really, honestly, one I would have waited for on streaming because I kind of thought it was going to be like that. Yeah. And it was. But, man, his performance. And I was really pleasantly surprised by Kevin Garnett in that. I'm he's, trying to think of who he is. Uh, he's a, a former Boston Celtic, Minnesota Timberwolf uh, basketball player, NBA, oh, NBA champion. That's why I don't know who he is. I don't know the sports ball. That's okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> that, that's my sport. That's my sport. But um, it, just the fact that he's not a, like he's not an actor. Yeah. He's not originally. That's not his profession. Okay. He's a basketball player. He was really surprising in it. So you gotcha. should definitely check it out. Just yeah. Just don't be prepared to like. Have a good time, I guess. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. At the end, you'll you'll be like, I, I hopefully you'll be like, that was a good movie. I heard people when we were walking out saying, like, what was that? Like, what yeah. the hell did we just watch? But I, I didn't agree with them, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to think of one of the movies like that that kind of surprised me. Like, you walk in. There are movies that you walk in, you don't know exactly what you're getting into. But yeah. then there are some that are so blatant that you just know you're going to have a good time. Have you ever seen that movie, Shoot 'Em Up? No. Oh my God! It has uh, Paul Giamatti in it. Love him. Uh, okay. And it has Clive Owen. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the the title basically tells you yeah, it everything. Makes... It's shoot 'em up. It's like you know, Paul Giamatti's a bad guy. Clive Owen's kind of like this other pseudo antihero bad guy. That's like you're. He's the antagonist, or he's the the protagonist. Protagonist. Uh, and like. <laughs> To tell you the ridiculousness of this movie, like there's a whole like five minute sequence where he's battling uh, like this herd of bad guys coming in from like windows and doors and hallways and through the ceiling while he's like 
banging a girl. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Like he's like killing like twenty men while he's like having sex with his woman. <laughs> does he like? Is he inside the whole time? I uh, I believe. Or does he so. like? Does he leave to like fight a little bit oh, and comes no, back? No, 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 no. They're like rolling around and he's. Get, yeah. You know, I'm more impressed with the girl out of that. <laughs> that's um that's that's some commitment. I w- I endorse that movie just for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. You know my favorite Clive Owen movie? What's that? You would think it's children of men because it's one of the best movies ever made but it's actually inside man it's a bank robbery movie it's a bank Uh, or bank heist i guess okay okay yeah denzel washington's in it and um full disclosure clive owen's character's name in it is dalton so Uh, you know that i'm a little biased towards it that's why um i I really like leonardo dicaprio and once upon a time in hollywood because uh his character's name was dalton i haven't seen the guy that he played actually i don't remember but um yeah i haven't seen that one yet uh, but it's on my list. Mm. I want to. Was it? Isn't that? Isn't there like a real life crime that is kind of portrayed in that movie? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, honestly, I don't. It's been a while since I saw it. To be <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't really remember actually. Um, but anyway. Yeah. 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 So you've you've been in some movies. Let's let's switch gears here. So you've been in uh, some movies. Well, actually, uh, we'll talk about it. I gotta pee. Okay. So hold on. <laughs> Man, I really had to go. <laughs> I've been holding that for a second. I was trying to get through the end, but I, I realized I couldn't. All right, so movies that you were in um, or TV oh. shows, anything like that, and then we'll, we'll talk about your theater career as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I haven't really done any like big budget theater, you know, movies or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so, but I've done like uh, – uh, I've done some short films around town. I've done some I, – I, so there's the a TV show that uh, is filmed here in Atlanta – called swamp murders um, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's that one of those true crime reenactment uh-huh. shows i've been in uh homicide hunter oh okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. from the id channel yep <laughs> it was a great it was a pleasant experience i loved it they put yeah. me up in a hotel in knoxville for three days nice. yeah and and when it came out it was my first time on like like a straight like official set yeah yeah and um and i and i was i was a little like out of my element there i tried to be as professional and do as be- good of a job as i could but i learned very quickly that um you only get like two takes they, yeah they I they are I, on a schedule. Yeah, and and you need to be warm going into it, which I was. But even then, I was like, I, I, I it's it takes me a couple of takes to really get going. Yeah. And so were I you was, scripted? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I did I did go I I added things, but they let me. They I, I said, um, like I was I was retelling the story, uh-huh. but the 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 officers that they cut to the real life officers yeah. they, that they cut to tell the parts that I. Um, ended up doing. I did like a whole monologue. Yeah. Uh, it just helped me stay um, a stream of consciousness gotcha. with what I was saying, um, telling the whole story out. And then when I when when I eventually did see it, they still cut. the The director was like, "Who knows? They, the editors might want to just keep yours." Yeah. And I was like, "That'd be cool if they did." But I'm not trying to like take <laughs> screen time from anybody, you know. And they ended up following the script, and they yeah. cut to them anyway. But. It was, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so I'm say, sorry. We yeah. talked about me. But, no, that's fine. Um, no. Swamp murders. Swamp murders. I don't think I don't think mine was scripted, but it was one of those true crime reenactments. Beautiful. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're fun, man. And uh, the the first season. Um, this is before any of them had been released. You know, but nobody knew what the TV show was. And uh, I was I was doing a show. I was doing a play in uh, Roswell. I was doing uh, Sherlock Holmes play with the Georgia Ensemble, and I got this message from this agent. Uh, or this casting agent, she's like, hey, so I'm calling you. You submitted something to us, like, 
two years ago and we didn't cast you in that, but I've been submitting you to other stuff and randomly these people want you to be in their show. I don't even know if you're still an actor. If you want to give me a call back, I was like, wow. <laughs> All right. I know. So I called him back. And uh, so she's like, yeah, they want to start filming like in three days. Can you send over some pictures? And so I ended up getting cast as like the, um, Deputy Sheriff who solved the murder. Oh, shit. I was yeah. expecting you to be the murderer. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> My personality would expect that from me, but no. no, I was the good guy. Um, wow, yeah. so you solved the murder. Yeah. I, I. So it was like me, and there was like... Uh, I ended up being on set with a bunch of people that I knew uh, because, the, of course, the acting community here in Atlanta, even though uh -huh. it's huge and vast, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up being on, on set with like two or three people that I knew. Uh, that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, so I did that. That was the first season of Swamp Murders. Uh, I've done a couple of uh, short films and web series here in Atlanta. Uh -huh. uh, well, real fast, the Swamp uh, Swamp Murders, in case people want to go check it out, is it out like – it's probably yeah. out there somewhere. What what uh, episode was it? Uh, episode four. Wow, this is very season. early. Yeah. On. All this right. And it, and in case people want to watch mine, I believe it was, it's the most. It's the last season, which I want to say is season seven, and it's uh, episode nine. I could be totally wrong. I might. I, 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 I'm going to check this later, and I'll I'll do a correction if I have to. But I think it's season seven, episode nine. But I also think it might be season nine, episode seven. Crap. Just anyway. Ah yeah. oh, man. Um. So yeah. I'm sorry. You were saying. No, it's, uh, so the so that's kind of like the, the the most widespread thing that I've done, which is not not super popular that everybody would know. Uh, but like I do, um, one of the people that I worked with in another project, uh, I did a short film for a GSU student uh, because mm -hmm. those come out like every year. You know, every, yeah. there's usually a big casting call for GSU student uh, films like right around October, and uh, I got cast in a student film. Uh, from a guy named Andrew Donahoe, who has now won like three or four VMAs. Wow. Uh, really? Directing like 21 Pilots uh, cool. music videos. Yeah, he did the one for Heathens, which was off of the Suicide Squad soundtrack. Okay. He did like two or three of their follow ups. He's on working with Janelle Monet. I mean, like, this wow. dude is out there in LA just like killing it. Good for, that's, yeah. and that's cool that you got to work with him. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, I'm like really proud that I got to work with him. Yeah. Before he before he blew up and started doing all this other really cool shit. Incredible, man. <laughs> so how about theater? I know is that more of your yeah. niche? Yeah. Um the latest thing that you did was Evil Dead. Yeah, Evil Dead uh, the musical. The yep. musical. Right, did you see my <laughs> Evil Dead poster out there? No, I, I'll, I'll I missed it. I'll show oh. it to you. Um it was a gift from Kurt Miller. Oh um, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At, at one of the horror movie nights last October when we did a um a, a Halloween costume contest. Nice. I actually didn't dress up. I was coming from somewhere else, so I, <laughs> I didn't have I didn't have time to. And dress he gave up you anything. a gift anyway. He gave you yeah, the prize. That's, that's Kurt Miller for you, man. He's a nice dude. Yeah. Um, and he's so, like, you didn't dress up. You went first prize. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was a consolation for it. It was a participation trophy. Wow. You showed up. <laughs> um, but no, I love it, and I and so I put it up right above my couch out there. I'll show it to you. Nice, yeah. So, um, anyway, Evil Dead musical, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Tell oh, I love it. it. It's such, such a great show. So this is, this was the fourth year that Out of Box Theater uh, produced the show, and I have done three of the four years. Uh, the first two years I played uh, Scott, who is Ash's best friend, and then this most recent year I was able to play Jake, who is like the redneck guy who uh, he's in. Evil Dead 2, uh, the movie Evil Dead 2. Okay. Um, uh, and the, the way Evil Dead, the musical works is like act one is kind of Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead movie, and then act two is more of the second movie, kind of a mashup between the two. So what was your favorite part about it? 
the uh, it's just so ridiculous. It is yeah. <laughs> over the top, cheesy, campy. Oh, uh, man, it's awesome. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, I enjoy the people that I work with whenever I do it. Uh, we have a great time. Um, really, any theater production that you do, you kind of grow as mm-hmm. a family. The cast grows as a family. So, uh, but that's, yeah, that that's like one of the best parts about doing live theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How you get to look forward to for the next two or three months, depending on or eleven days, if you're in my case in one of them. <laughs> you 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 get to go make friends. Yeah. If you don't already have friends there, and and uh, you know get to do some fun stuff with them, it's it's a lot of fun. This past year, I was very fortunate to be a part of about five different productions with various theater companies. Yeah. And four of the five of those productions, I got to work with uh, a a young lady named Summer McCusker, Mm -hmm. who is just a a brilliant artist, hilarious, funny, quick on her feet. She's multi-talented, a puppeteer, a singer. She's just great. And so the first of those five projects, I got to meet her and work with her. And then like, we just followed each other around. She ended up being an evil dead. Awesome. Yeah. We had an actor ended up uh, dropping out. And so we pulled her into the show. Nice. nice so it's like it's one of those things like i got to i get to you know you become really really good friends with this this person and then you get to work with them like five times of the year yeah so i spent quite a lot of time with summer this year (laughs) i like that i like that that that's i had something similar last year um the director for uh it was called two across the the show that i did yeah um that i had to put on in 11 days her name is anna overton and i ended up doing four projects with her after that i met her i met her doing that and then i ended up doing um I did an improv show in the summer with okay. her, which was awesome. And then ended up doing uh, a murder mystery around October. And then our November December show was uh, was a hilarious, uh, like just it was it was so it was so uh, out there. Yeah. Um, it's called a tune of Christmas, if you know. Oh, that I know well. that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was I was in that. Played two different women, a little yeah. bratty seventeen-year-old girl. Played yep. an older, like seventy-year-old woman, and then I played um, a, those, a couple. Those types of shows are so fun. I love like it. Two actors playing seventeen different roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I, um, to be honest, I was hoping that it would be two actors, um, but she didn't cast it that way, and that's and, oh, and I wow. understood how. Okay. Yeah, she ended up um, making a decision to cast uh, six of us. Um, oh wow! Wait, yeah, okay. I, I think it was yeah, it was six, three boy, uh, three men, three three women. But it's it's originally scripted for two, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. She just um, changed it to where uh, we all – I had four different parts okay. as opposed to like nine or ten. And so we were all able to focus more on those. Uh, and Was there a quick turnaround time from like – Yeah, I mean it, okay. it, we only had two weeks of rehearsals. Oh, uh, so, okay. That's yeah, why. That's, yeah, that's yeah. how she does things. Um, with two across, it was going to be a little bit more. But um, she usually – you come in memorized. She changed. She changed it to that. Um, after the improv show, because improv you don't have to be memorized for it. We did that. We did do two ten-minute plays, uh-huh. and we had to be memorized for those. But you know that's no big deal. Ten minutes is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still, it, it took me a second because it, it was called Sure Thing, the one that I did. I don't know if you know it. It's a little short. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually kind of difficult to memorize because you're repeating a lot of the same lines, but oh. just a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. You like it's it's about a guy who comes in and he's trying to hit on a, a woman at a coffee shop, and so he's he he's like. Um, he says something like his his approach uh, gets dinged like there's a bell and we had someone else actually play a, okay. a live bell on stage and so I'd come up and I'd be like hey good looking and she'd be like ding and I'd so and I'd have to try again and and uh, yeah it was it was a funny it's funny play because 
then we start going like, okay, eventually you see what line works and she accepts it and she, and she lets me sit down and, and we start chatting. And then she's like, you know, so, uh, you know, what, what do you, you know, what, are, what do you, what do you like? And it's like, I'm a Republican. Ding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, no. And then he's like, I'm a Democrat. And it's like, ding. And he's like, ah, I'm unaffiliated. And then she allows him to stay. <laughs> Smart woman. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, anyway, that's why it was difficult to memorize, but, uh, anyway, she did that with um, Murder Mystery, um, had to be fully memorized, which totally helped, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming in memorized is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you still get to be a call for line for a little yeah. while, but as off book as you can be. Well, how, how long did you have the script before you went into rehearsals? Uh, for the Murder Mystery? Uh, for any of those? Um, well, well, um, oh, for sure thing. I, both, both was about a couple weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so an, enough time to get most of it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times with uh, community theater specifically, um, it's pretty much all right. We're going to cast you. Rehearsal starts in two days. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's a little to different. Get. Yeah. yeah, and it's the, and you're not expected to. And then you have off book dates and like all yeah. right, act one or like see, act, right. act one scenes one through ten by right, this point. Right, yeah, right. be by page by page, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time, yeah. But we we had a couple weeks to prepare for those. Yeah. Luckily, I've most of, most of my experience around town has been with the with the community side of things i've done a couple of the professional side um where i would have more time before our first rehearsal mm -hmm. to, to well that that was professional that maybe that's why that's it was, yeah. yeah it was uh, it was um paid for okay, yeah, and, yeah. and everything a certain amount each show so um yeah it was a good time a good time <laughs> man i i uh, i really enjoyed that 11 days is not a long time to get no up way. on stage especially with a, a full-time job i was managing a yeah. gym at the time i don't do that anymore but at the time I was working 11, 12 o'clock to 8 p.m. Oh every night. God. And so because of that, and I told her, I was like, listen, I, I, I have to work until 8, which is why I ended up leaving that gym because the owner wouldn't uh, allow me to hire. He wouldn't help me out and let me hire someone else. Um, the, other the other people that I had working had children or conflicts, as in one of them was a soccer coach. So he had to go by 2 to, to get to practice, and she had to go by 3 to pick up her pick son. Her kids, yeah. So um, I was the only one who could work nights, and I was like, you, you, By you yourself? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, as, yeah. as the manager of the place. <laughs> I, I, I did it, man. I did it. But it was um, – it, it wears you down after a while. Yeah. I had no social life. Um, and I'm trying to pursue acting. Yeah. And so I was just blessed and, and lucky enough that she was able to um, work with me. And luckily, it was only a two-person cast. Yeah. So the only – it was just – it was Katie, um, the girl who did – she's going to come on and be a guest uh, here soon as well. Um, she uh, was like, yeah, nine, nine, nine o'clock at night school with me. You know, I, I'll work with you. If it was someone else who like, no, I, you know, I, I, I can't, then yeah, wouldn't have worked, and I, I, they probably wouldn't have cast me, and I would have wow. understood. Yeah. But yeah, man, trying to memorize while like at like while tired, working twelve to eight, and then uh, I'm like memorizing in my office, which sucks because I yeah. want to be doing my job. Right, but right. I, how else am I gonna do this? You know. So I'd take time. I'd, I'd I'd be memorizing on my lunch break. It was a mess, man. I had so many panic attacks. Like I can relate. I had one job where uh, I had one show where I got cast. I was a replacement actor. Right. Uh, yeah. That... The show was up and running. And oh had wow. Been, yeah, the show had been up and running for two weeks, and uh, actor ended up getting fired. And I came in as a replacement. I had five days. To Man. learn that script. <laughs> so how did, did you? And I assume you had a you have a job at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was so working full time. Work around that. And yeah. So was it was it a big uh, part that you had? It received? was a pretty large part. Yeah. yeah. Um. It wasn't the lead. 
Um, but it was it was definitely a large part. I don't think it was anything like like you had encountered. But yeah, well, uh, mine was like every other line is my line. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you have to memorize a freaking conversation for yeah, sure. But, but yeah, I, I definitely had a, a bunch of scenes. Uh, I was the love interest of the of the lead actress. Oh, cool. And yeah, yeah and so I I had my first my first time rehearsing uh, not even rehearsing my first time with the entire cast was the friday that i was up on stage in front of an audience wow yeah <laughs> oh, oh. It, so not even not even to that it is the memorizing the lines but also the blocking yeah. where you're supposed to be and yeah when you're supposed to pick something up on stage or whatever yeah. like how did, did you know what the blocking was i got or? the blocking yeah okay. the director uh the director is a really, really, really good friend of mine. So, you know, whenever they had to end up firing the, the actor, she she called me in a panic. And I'm like, all right, we got this. We can do this. Uh, gotcha. So uh, I ended up meeting her that night uh, and having dinner with her that night. And we went through all the blocking. Uh, so I had all the notations on the script, started memorizing the lines. Uh, a lot of the actors who are, you know, they're done with the rehearsal process. They're off living their life now and just coming in for the performance performances on the weekends is like you know they made extra time to come in during the week a couple of them did uh to go over some of the scenes with me and just to make sure that that i was up and running and cool. ready to go yeah and it was it was a whirlwind but we ended up i ended up we killed it that's awesome <laughs> yeah Wow. So um, as far as theater is concerned what was your favorite experience like favorite show that you've ever gotten to be a part of oh my gosh uh and, and it's, I mean, just like right, right now that you're thinking about it, yeah. it doesn't obviously have to be absolute final. Well, and see, that's the thing. Like every show is different. Every, yeah, it, true. It, it's like this year alone, I've worked, I think eight of my last 10 shows have been musicals and oh, wow. yeah, or had some kind of musical element to it. So, you know, that's a lot of fun. I'm not a dancer. I cannot dance to save my life, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the dancing part of it's not great, but uh, but the singing part is great. I've done a lot of great comedies, like you know, Evil Dead. Yeah, um, right. uh, I did like this this year alone. It was I did Evil Dead. I did Disaster the Musical, which is hilarious. A, ju a jukebox musical with a bunch of seventies disco themes. Awesome. Oh yeah, I've heard. It. I, I remember seeing that on your Facebook, and I, I heard that it was really good. I didn't get a chance to see it myself, but I'll take a word for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did, uh, the guys who did the complete, uh, works of William Shakespeare, they've got a couple uh, of, like unabridged. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. 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 The I complete, saw that on yeah. off Broadway. Oh yeah. Oh, I've never laughed as hard at a show in my life. That was so well done. Well, they've got a couple of other shows out there and for the 4th of July, we did the complete history of America abridged. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's funny. It is hilarious. And I was working with two very talented, uh, you know, actors on that show and a, a brilliant director and just letting us kind of run amok on stage. And it was like, that was hilarious and awesome. First time I did anything like that. Uh, we did a Peter Pan take with uh, Peter and the star catcher. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. We did a Steve Martin play. Nice. Uh, yeah. He, uh, I did not know that he was a playwright, but he, he yeah, he is. Um, it's more I, absurdist. He's more of an absurdist playwright. He, he didn't, he also wrote, um, Oh, something like Picasso or something. Picasso you know? with Lil Gilles, yeah. Yeah. I did I that two years ago. Yeah, I saw it at Lionheart just um, last year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I played it, uh, we did it at Elm Street. So that's the one you're talking about? Yeah. Cool, yeah. I remember after it, um, just talking about how interesting I, I thought it was and how well-written Einstein was. The guy yeah. who played Einstein at Lionheart, oh my gosh, that guy was phenomenal. He had the he had that accent that, that you'd expect from yeah. an Einstein, like a German, uh, like German Jew yeah. type accent. Um, uh, I hope that that's not... I hope that that's like politically correct to say. I don't. I don't know. But um, how he, however he he, he put, 
that accent, I was like, I believed him as Einstein. So yeah. it was really good. So which pair, which character did you play? I was Freddy, the bar owner. Awesome. Yeah. That um, that guy who played it in Lionheart's name is Aaron Sherry. who's going to uh, also be a guest here. Um, he was the Ryan Styles to my Colin Mockery <laughs> in the improv show that we <laughs> nice, did last year. Yeah. Nice. And and uh, it was really cool when I saw him at the uh, auditions for the improv show. I was like, dude, you were the guy who you were in that Picasso show. I was like, yeah. I loved it, man. We became friends like right then. Or at least I was friends with him. I don't know if he was friends with him. I don't know if he, you know, I think I, I think he had to warm up to me because I'm I'm weird, man. But he uh, he was so funny, dude. He he had that deadpan type of uh, humor when it came to improv, and so I'm like the energetic, bouncy yeah. one, and he's the one who would just like give me a little side looks, you know? Yeah, yep. yeah. So that's I, I could see you being the, the bartender. Yeah, for that sure. Was, that was such a fun show. The thing with that show is it was very difficult to rehearse because you because the script it, it's a challenging script. And you don't know how these jokes are landing. Mm. Uh, and it's one of – you really don't know until you get it in front of an audience. Because, yeah. like, two weeks before we opened, I was I was confiding uh, with uh, Whitney, who was who was, um, uh, who was my love interest in the show. And I was just like, I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't – I hate the show. I hate everything about this show. I just – it's not – funny and I don't know how it's landing and I hate that I have to tell this stupid joke about a baker <laughs> that nobody's going to get and it comes out of nowhere um, but whenever we finally got it up on its feet in front of an audience it was they just ate it up really and it was like, a beautiful one, feeling yeah and once we got that response and once we got that energy reciprocated it was like all right everything's okay have you ever heard the phrase you guys need an audience yeah from your director yeah, yeah. it's like all right y'all it's time to get you guys an audience because that means one, you're ready, but also your energy's starting to deplete because yeah, it's you're, getting stale. Yeah, so let's get you. Yeah, that's why preview nights are so nice. Um, Anna was very good about um, having like, like her daughter would come and sit in. Mm-hmm. Um, her boyfriend was always there, and he was his, his Farish, great guy. Uh, Farish is one of the most lovable guys you'll ever meet. He would always be um, either like working on the stage or doing something to help uh-huh. her out. And he's like the de facto like stagehand, um, like like assistant director. Nice, um, but not like from a direct, you know, more more like behind the scenes, uh, technical side. And uh, and he would be in the audience like laughing like in, when we did two across because it's a comedy, it's a romantic comedy. But um, he it was nice. To, it's nice to have that while you're doing it because you have no idea. Yeah. Like you said like, yeah. I, like I'm, I think I'm delivering this right. You know, like. But the key is to also not go for the laughs. Yeah. You just have to believe what you're saying and hope that the audience will find it funny. And that was the thing with, like, particularly that specific section of the of the show, that joke that I had to go out and tell. Mm-hmm. It was like, I thought... <laughs> it, Do you it, remember it? Uh... You no. Know, okay, all like, right, I, all right. It, I was going to like put you on a spot. Ago, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, I remember it was something about baking a pie in the shape of an E. And yeah, I, I do remember Aaron doing that, a little but it was bit, like but. not a biggie, a, uh, like he baked it and he was like, no, I wanted a, a biggie, not a small E or something like that. And it was, I, I hated the joke. I hated <laughs> the joke. I hate And I'm like, this is not funny. And it comes out of nowhere and I don't know what's going on. But then like, we finally got an audience and I went out there and I told that dumbass joke and like. I can. I was in, in internally groaning, <laughs> but the response that I got from the audience was like, "Oh, okay. nice." <laughs> and and the, the audience will be different each each night too. Yeah, because I remember when we did two across um, opening night, first night, like being where we can't call for a line, we just have to go for it. My I didn't realize how funny my character was. Yeah. I had been taking it very seriously, but I also had 
like just been focusing on my lines. Right. I, didn't, I didn't really have a chance to like do much else. And so I, I was like, wow, they, like I'm hilarious. They were laughing at <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't mean me, Dalton. I mean my, my character. <laughs> Oh my bad! I'm killing it out there, man. <laughs> it felt, it, but but this is the the moral of that, or I guess this is it, it ended up biting me in the ass because that was a Saturday, and then Sunday came around, and I I expected yeah. to get those laughs, and that's such a rookie move from an actor, I know. But uh, give me a break because I that was a hard show to do, and, and my mind was like not in a great spot because I was tired. We but, had that same experience when we were doing Evil Dead this past year. Uh, oh, really? Summer and I were actually talking about that. Um, our opening night audience was just insane. Oh, see, that's great, but it's yeah. also. But very... then, like the follow up the next night, I was just like, oh, there was no energy in this audience. There was like yeah. one or two nights where there was like no energy in the audience and it was so heartbreaking because the show is so hilarious. And it was like, you know, the other 10 audiences were dying right now. What is wrong with you? Yeah. That's and, and, and typically a Sunday crowd's going to be like that anyway. Yeah. Um, for us, it was a night show. It was at 7 PM. So it's a little different. Usually if it's, if it's a matinee, that circadian rhythm of people, yeah. they've eaten lunch around 11 or 12, their body's starting to finish up digesting and, and they're going to be a little tired. <laughs> I learned that from Scott. Uh, you're Peter. learning it from biology. Yeah. No, no, no uh, <laughs> it's a biological response. That's why they don't think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have told Scott. I learned that from Scott Peeler. He's, he was my guest uh, just last week. And uh, we didn't talk about that on the podcast, but he would always tell us that before a matinee show, he'd be like, all right, guys, remember the circadian rhythm. They're going to be more, they're a little tired uh, from digesting. So that doesn't mean anything against you. So if you don't, if you're not feeling the energy, you're not getting laughs from them. If we were doing a comedy, um, I didn't always do comedies with them, but I did a few. Um, If, if you don't get those laughs, keep going. Right. And, and that's, that's the key. And so with two across that Sunday night crowd, was half to sleep yeah. or death or both. And, um, and I, and it was, and you don't get it, with that show. I was on stage the entire 45 minutes and then, and then there's intermission and then I'm on stage the entire 45 minutes. Those are tough. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go off stage and kind of com- compose myself. Right. I had to literally do that in the back of my mind while I'm present in the moment of the scene. Yeah. Uh, or I mean uh, of this, of the, the play, um, so that was really difficult. Cause those are tough. Those are tough oh shows. Gosh. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it out for anything in the world no. though. You know, that's the beauty of it. Um, uh, being able to go out and perform and find out about yourself and, and struggle and, yeah. and cry and laugh <laughs> and entertain. Yeah, it's great. Cry and, like you're watching a Google commercial. <laughs> <laughs> or my dog skip or, um, Old or an Yeller. AT&T. Yeah. <laughs> And and the best thing was that um, after that, uh, the next two weekends, Katie's character was funnier. Like they yeah. were, she was getting all the laughs, and I, my my I had my moments, but it seemed like it just turned from opening night. But I'm just I was just happy that they were laughing again, yeah, you yeah. know. And so I was like, oh okay, maybe my place is to be more of the the foil for her to bounce back off of, because I'm just I'm not gonna find the magic of that opening night, not not with just two weekends left, yeah, and yeah. you know. So, um, but. Oh man, good memories. Thanks for going down memory lane with me there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're we're gonna finish it up here. I want to ask you, and it's okay if you need to if you have to take some time. Actually, before I do that, I did look it up. Um, Homicide Hunter. Earlier, like, <laughs> 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 hey, um, is it I, seven and nine or is it nine and seven? There is a seven and a nine, but there's also a one. It's 
It's season nine, episode seventeen. Oh. Yeah, it came out January eighth of twenty twenty. So um, <laughs> that's how I knew because I was like, I was trying to read the titles, and I was like, none of those make any sense. And I was like, wait, the date, right? Yeah, yeah, January eighth. And so, um, yeah, season nine, episode seventeen. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, the other two, I, I know, I'm sure they're great, but. <laughs> So I want to, I want to ask you this question. Yeah, and yeah. It's okay if it takes you like some time to think about, but like who in your life has inspired you the most? And and I mean, like it can be for theater. Uh-huh. It can be a celebrity. It can be a family member, friend. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about theater. It can be about stuff that you've experienced in the past. You know, the marathons you run. So, someone who has uh, really helped change your life for the better and who you draw inspiration. A lot of people though. That's the thing is I can't, I can't narrow it down to one person. Okay. Well, um, how about like in, in, in theater, as far as, as far as your acting career and the spunk that you have for that type of life, is there someone that sticks out to you or maybe a couple people who've been there? I've always been kind of a dramatic kind of a kid. Okay. Like even as even as a small child, uh, my aunt would take pictures of me and my sister, and she'd be like, "Okay, act normal," and then I'd be like, "Oh, look over there," and I'd point to the left, you know, kind of dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could never just sit there and let somebody take a picture of me. I'd always have to be pointing or dancing or you know leaping or making a funny face. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like you know my. That was something that my aunt pointed out to me very early on as a, you know, whenever I made it into adulthood, she's like, look, you know, whenever I started in my acting career, she's like, look, this is how you were as a child. It's very obvious that this is kind of one of the ways that you were going to go is as a performer being in the spotlight or being, you know, in front of people. Um, As far as once I got on stage and kept going, you know, one of the biggest, uh, one of my biggest cheerleaders was my dad. Hmm. He made sure to come to every production that I was doing it, it. You know, he didn't come to like every show, but it was like, you know, he tried to make it to one performance of whatever production I'm doing, except Shakespeare. He hated Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> <can't blame him. laughs> uh, he's like, I'll make a deal with you. I'll come to every show, but I'm not going to come to Shakespeare. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, I, I always was excited when he and my bonus mom would come to the show because I knew that I Did had you just call your stepmom a bonus mom. Yeah. I love it. I've never heard that term. Uh, That's stole, cool. Yeah, I kind of stole that from Chris Hardwick. It was like, yeah, yeah, okay. It, a lo- the relationship I have with my bonus mom is she's, I mean, she, phenomenally uh, supportive, and I cool. love her very much. Is you know one of the things that you know. Bonus mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kid, well, you on. have you have these you know Disney stereotypes of what a wicked stepmother is. Yeah, yeah. But you don't really have a lot of positive. Hmm. Uh, stereotypes are positive role models of, of step yeah. parents. So it's like, you know, point. yeah. So you have all these negative connotations with the term stepmom. So I kind of switched it up and she's my bonus mom. Hmm. So, yeah. So whenever dad and dad and bonus mom come to the show, you know, I know that they're going to be there and they're supportive and, you know, you could always hear them laughing. Um, so it's just like, I, 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 there's always a little bit more energy from me whenever I know that they're in the audience or whenever yeah. I knew that they were going to be in the audience. Unfortunately, you know, dad passed away a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, so he's no longer with us. Uh, and I, I the first show after he passed was hard. Was yeah. Really, really hard. Cause I knew that he wasn't going to be in the audience. Yeah. Um, but the show, the last show that he saw was actually a show that I directed. Um, and it was a show that I had directed 10 years prior. So it was like my, I revisited this show and 
I knew that he enjoyed the script. I know he enjoyed the story. And so he was really excited. He had moved to Florida by that point. And uh, he and Bonus Mom had come back up for a weekend to, to do something with the house that they were selling, uh, get, get, get another load of whatever they were going to take down to Florida. And so they made the, the time to come and see the show. And just the, the response that I got from the show that he's already seen. You know, he, he's just like, I loved it as much as if not better than the first one. And, you know, I thought this person did great and this person was better than the first person. And then the first person was better than this person. <laughs> so it was like, he was, he was giving me a lot of critique. Yeah. Um, but it was really funny because like one of the, you know, he was an actor in high school, but he never pursued it after high school. Mm. Um, but he always had that kind of acting bug. And so I think kind of for him, it was kind of revisiting that for him because he he was very much a, a performer in high school. Um, and this, like my theater was probably the one, one way that we connected most. Um, with my sister, you know, he had a lot of connection with her with, you know, like, I think he, you know, he was, a, he liked to ride motorcycles and she likes to ride motorcycles. And they, they had a lot more in common than what my dad and I had. But that one link, that theater link that we had was our connection. And so I could always count on him to come see the shows. And that was our way of connecting. And so, uh, yeah, that first show after he passed was really challenging. Well, I, I, I can only imagine, um, but I'm sure that your dad was proud of the man oh, that yeah. you are, and he's proud of yeah. uh, how funny and entertaining <laughs> you are and all the good work that you've done on stage and just in your life. So um, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, thanks. So yeah. Um, final thoughts from you? Um, Anything? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yes, and. Yes, and everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as improv is concerned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, and everything. And then um, actually one thing I, I – I, meant to say uh, earlier was that and um, Ben Affleck was not a bad Batman <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to improv real fast this is my 20 second spiel that I learned from Ricky is that the, the more defined that the character that you choose to play in a scene uh, that it is the better you're going to be in that scene yeah. because having a clear defined strong uh, choices yeah the person is going to allow your you're going to your choices are going to be easier to make yeah and so that's one thing that i really learned from him and that i've taken with me in my acting career yeah since then and it's really helped so. make strong choices yes absolutely mm. so my parting thoughts yes and ben affleck was not a bad batman and make strong choices and my final thoughts are, uh, do you want to go eat some ramen? Yes. And do you want to just binge watch a bunch of uh, really sad commercials? Uh, <laughs> how about how about we uh, eat ramen and binge watch uh, stuff on DC streaming? Because that shit is amazing. Sounds good to me. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Jim. Thank you. And I'm just letting you know, I got to go. 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 Deuces.